Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that is related to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the covenant of blood to be lifted to unreachable heights and to break all evil and sin that binds us. May in this service be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies of forms of fears, depression, destruction, covetousness, ignorance, all of this let it depart from the tents of your holy people. And so stand, Lord, in the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and allow us to find your holy countenance. I present this service into your divine arms. Guide it with your uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated.
послание апостола Павла к филиппийцам, глава 4, стихи 11-13. Филиппийцам, глава 4, стихи 11-13. Я научился Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to be abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Wonderful, beautiful words that must be taken as a weapon by every person who loves the Lord. To be abased and to abound is oftentimes are, are oftentimes accepted by us as blessing and cursed. However, they are allowed by God in our lives and are there used as a means with one goal to separate us from the premises of the flesh. In other words, a base and about being abounding or abundant are allowed by God as a way of cleansing and sanctification and are called to prepare for our preparation to the reign of the resurrection of Christ in our body as well as to the rapture. Under the condition, of course, that when we are tested with riches, we do not allow it to rule over us and we remain faithful and that we use it in order to build ourselves into the house of God. As well as when we are tested in that we are hungry, we are going to be content and grateful for what we have and we use this suffering to build ourselves into the house of God. This kind of faithfulness is viewed by scripture as service to God and a love toward God. A reward for this kind of faithfulness will be God entrusting to us true riches, that is, His unblemished joy that comes from Him being in our body. Luke chapter 16, verses 10 through 13. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in mammon. Riches. On our end, service to God without evidence of our love toward God and without acknowledging His authority over us is service to mammon. How do we acknowledge God's authority and we express His love? None other than in tithes and offerings. It is here where a person can express his love toward God and acknowledge His authority over us. This is that place that is called uh, the root of all evil is mammon and the dominion over money is what we must strive to. God wants our riches to be our servant, not our master. When it becomes our master, we begin to serve mammon and we demonstrate unfaithfulness to God and independent of whether or not we serve him with tithes and offerings or not, because we are searching for riches and we are dependent on it, and we sow not for the Lord and we do not honor God. To honor God is upon worshiping God in tithes and offerings, we search for his countenance, we search for knowledge of him, to search for the kingdom of heaven and its power.
because the greatest riches that we have is God himself. Knowing God, we will have such great riches that nothing in this world can compare and nothing, it can't be found anywhere because the earth is the Lord's and all that is on it belongs to the Lord. And all of this belongs then to his church. And it doesn't matter that right now it is in some kind of banks. Switzerland banks, Swiss banks, German banks, American banks. All silver and gold is mine, says the Lord. And he stands as head of the Church of Christ. This means that it belongs to the Church. Let them keep it there, but the time will come soon where the Church will use it soon. God is going to shake the world when he shows who all of this belonged to and who is its master. But for this, those people who are meant to be kings and priests unto God, they must today love the Lord and honor him and worship him in tithes and offerings by accepting his authority and expressing their love. We are going to sing together and we are going to worship God in tithes and offerings. Let us stand. This is our opportunity to once again testify that we love the Lord and take and take and cut the root of all evil. When we do this with joy and with the gladness of our heart, then God rejoices. Heaven comes to joy and hell is covered with shame. Therefore, let us sing together. And I will gladly remind you that each time Israel had honored God with tithes and offerings, either in the tabernacle of Moses or the temple of Solomon, they were called to, according to the words of Moses that he had received from the Lord, they were called to raise their hands over their offerings and proclaim one unique proclamation that they were faithful to for thousands of years. We, being that same Israel, tied that same root will do the same thing. Please raise your right hands, a symbol of your righteous act, over your offerings and pray along with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I have separated the tides from my home and brought them into your home so that your home may have food. I do not give impurely. I do not give in sorrow. I do not give for the dead. I rejoice that I have the privilege to express my love and to acknowledge your authority. And according to your word, I ask you right now, May your heavenly windows be opened and may your blessing come down abundantly upon your redeemed nation. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen, amen. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated. And so if you have your Bibles, please open up with me a familiar place of Scripture, one that has great depth and mystery в которой сокрыты величайшее богатство, сокровища для наших взаимоотношений с Богом. Матфея 5, 48. Да будете сынами Отца вашего небесного, ибо Он повелевает солнцу своему восходить над злыми и добрыми и посылает дождь на праведных и неправедных. Итак, будьте совершенны, как совершен Отец ваш 
небесные. Проповедь, которую я хочу продолжить, так и называется «Призванное к совершенству». И в связи с исследованием пути, ведущего нас к совершенству, мы стали следовать путь, ведущий нас к Богу, как in the symbolic story of the path of Rebecca to Isaac. And I've been studying the signs presented in the Bride of the Lamb. Rebecca presented these signs in the virtues of the lily of the valleys, upon which we are called to look, so that collaborating with the truth and the power of the Holy Spirit, we then form ourselves into the image of perfection that is in the likeness of our Heavenly Father. Luke 12, 27 through 32. Consider the lilies, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Luke 12, 27-32. Considering the lilies means to seek, it's one of the conditions to seek the kingdom of heaven. Fulfilling these conditions allows us to dress into the perfection of our Heavenly Father. And for this reason, we decided to study the relationship, the unique relationship of the most beautiful of women with her beloved, her, the state of her heart and functions identify the virtues of the lily of the valley that represents in her heart the kingdom of heaven that has come into strength. And to study the relationship between those who seek the kingdom of heaven in their heart and God, we have been studying this relationship in the allegories that are presented in the book of the Songs of Solomon. We see the requirements of the most beautiful of women to look at unseen goals, these unseen goals being the virtues of her beloved. Based upon the words of Scripture, unseen goals upon which we are called to look in the virtues of God, in the unity of all His commandments presented in the life dynamic of the growing lily are eternal, at the same time seen her physical goals reflecting materialistic success, blissfulness and fame are temporary. We being children of God, when we pay our attention and look at physical or seen goals, they transform us from worshippers of God into idol worshippers and result in the harvest of eternal dishonor, shame and wilting. Obedience to the preached word about the kingdom of heaven is not possible without looking upon God's word, looking at it, observing it, and studying it with everything we hear, we always imagine in our mind, and the Holy Spirit wants us to keep these images in our mind that we look at them. Therefore, the principle of looking is the act of one of the most powerful methods and principles of sowing into the soil of our heart. And so when we hear the preached word about the kingdom of heaven, it is the seed of truth that can conceive us upon the condition that we look upon, that we have prepared our heart to listen. And so those objects that we look upon with desire are sown into the soil of our heart and produce fruit that transforms our essence into the nature of that 
этого объекта, то есть то, на что мы смотрим. А Вновь обращаем внимание, речь идет о том, чтобы воскресенье обрекло нашу плоть, и когда Songs of Solomon 2.1.2. Here is what Jesus says about himself. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. And here is what he says about his most beautiful of women. Like a lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. Third, the natural beauty of the lily and the virtues of the bride of the lamb are contrasted to the thorns, the nature of the other daughters attempting to claim the calling of the bride and the attention of her groom. Defining thorns. These, by the words of Christ, these are the cares of this generation, where a person looks upon seen or visual goals, these goals being materialistic success. The image of the lily in the heart of a person is the result of looking upon the unseen goals that are contained in the virtues of the Heavenly Father. The result of us looking at unseen goals is the fruit of eternal life, which is the kingdom of heaven that has come into full strength, that was previously received into the good soil of our heart in the form of the seed of the death of Christ Jesus. And there is a big difference between the seed and the fruit. <coughs> when the seed of the kingdom of heaven is sown, it's sown with tears. But as soon as we reap the fruit, we will reap it with joy, because the kingdom of heaven will come in strength. The child will be in power. From which we can conclude that we are created by God with such a purpose and such abilities, looking at specific goals, they be positive or negative goals, we are transformed into their essence and their image. The essence of our abilities is that we are unable to look at two battling between themselves, rising up against each other goals. 
противостоящие друг другу цели в предмете видимого и тленного, и в предмете and вечного. Deuteronomy 30:19-20. I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. This place of scripture, every time, there is an offer every time that we come here to worship this place of scripture before anything else is present. Life and death I place before you because that he has set before life is before you life and death. So what kind of blessings will you inherit as well as what will be inherited by those who will be resistant of the truth and not accept Therefore, to choose eternal life and be dressed within the power of its resurrection, we need to not forget and always focus our mind upon the unseen virtues of God in the situation, the dynamic of life that flows in the growing lily. Unseen goals, being imperishable wealth, present the interests of eternal life in God and with God. At the same time, seen or visual goals, these being perishable wealth, present the interests of eternal death in Satan and with Satan. To look upon unseen goals means not to look back or not turn back once you know the path of righteousness. The image of the growing lily is the image of a person that possesses a wise heart due to the fact that he accepted the mind of Christ or he collaborates with the wisdom that is within his heart from which we can conclude that the Holy Spirit tends a man with a wise heart between the lilies, that is, between those truths upon the condition that this person converses with other people that are like him, dressed into the virtues of the lilies of the valley. Proverbs 13.20 He who walks with the wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Before this, we heard the place of scripture, you need to distance yourself from such people or you will be corrupted. Don't think you will turn them to God. They will corrupt you. Foolish people that we need to be distancing ourselves from are people who hope and trust upon the abilities of their intellect and are identified in Scripture as corrupt company. 1 Corinthians 15.33 Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habit. Therefore, do, to determine and examine yourself whether you belong to the family of the lily as well as if you are a part of the one who tends you and among what truths you are being tended, it is necessary to have a full understanding of those qualities and characteristics that are given to the most beautiful of women in the virtues of the lilies of the valleys written in the book of the Songs of Solomon so that we can compare ourselves with her and her characteristics as well as it is necessary to have a full understanding of those qualities and characteristics that are given to the one who uh, tends us or the one who is to be our shepherd. 
Songs of Solomon 2.16, my beloved is mine, and I am his. He feeds his flock among the, the lilies. In a particular format, as much as the Lord has allowed, in the measure of our faith, we have already studied a series of allegories that contain signs that identify the image of the bride of the lamb in the virtues of the lily of the valley. And have been studying the dialogue of the most beautiful of women with her beloved in the book of the Songs of Solomon. Let us remember and read this place of scripture, Songs of Solomon 5, 2 through 5. I sleep, but my heart is awake. It is the voice of my beloved. He knocks, saying, open for me, my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one. For my head is covered with dew, my locks with the drops of the night. I have taken off my robe. How can I put it on again? I have washed my feet. How can I defile them? My beloved put his hand by the latch of the door. And my heart yearned for him. I arose to open for my beloved, and my hands dripped with myrrh, my fingers with liquid myrrh, on the handles of the lock. We note that in the given place of scripture, the dialogue of the most beautiful of women with her beloved Lord revealed the sacred relationship of the holy people. This is linked to the soon coming meeting when the Lord appears in the air, this dialogue serves as evidence that the holy people are ready for this meeting. Therefore, if we have truly loved the appearance of the Lord, then it will be necessary for us to uncover and examine or test ourselves as to whether we are ready to meet with the Lord in the air when he appears for those who are waiting for him in salvation in their heart. Today, people are waiting for enlightenment, not the appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't need to wait for enlightenment. Because the church has had it already for a long time. The true enlightenment is not when there are all kinds of signs and miracles, but when the church begins to walk in the direction, not to evangelism, but towards her groom, begins to work with herself. When people begin to preach, not what God has done through them, but what God has done with them. That is what enlightenment is. Until people will preach what God is doing through them, I'll tell you what God is doing through them. I say it is important for us what God is doing in you. How has he changed you? Can you testify what he is doing with you, who you were and who you were five years ago, ten years ago, and who you are today? There's a difference between who you, is there a difference between who you were then and who you are now? Because many people continually look back and think that those days were better than the days today. The scriptures don't say this because the person speaking these things doesn't speak from wisdom but foolishness. The days we're experiencing today are much better than the days that had passed. Today we are closer to God than when we believed. The first time, today we know more about the Lord than we did then. Today we have more abilities than we had before. Today we are free from many dependencies. Today we are closer to God than ever before. That is what we need to know. 
И поэтому, so, чтобы вычислить и обозначить конкретные признаки в биологии для своих расливающих желаний. Incomparable with any, my dove, my pure one, one without blemish or witness. To be dressed in him anymore, because I have allowed my feet to be washed, admitting my sins of my mother. I also washed their feet, forgiving their sins, and do not desire to defile my feet again by sinning against the sons of my mother. My beloved, for evidence of his love, has stretched out his hand to me. Because of the offering which I presented, testifying of my respect towards God, and called me to liberty from dependence of my old sinful man, with his deeds and has given me the strength to restrain my mouth and placed a guard over my mouth. And my insides began to worry when he began to act, and I rose from ruins of death by the power of the resurrection, and I cast off the burden of the old law, so that the beloved would be able to carve upon the tablets of my heart the words of the New Testament that would be able to clothe me into his righteousness so that my mouth would be able to be filled with fragrant praise and the words of my mouth like myrrh would produce incense from four, the four horns of the golden altar of incense. In this place of scripture presented in the format of a dialogue, we paid attention to five moments, and this is that the most beautiful of women confesses her state as a whole, that she is in the death of the Lord Jesus as well as in his resurrection. Secondly, the voice of the beloved being the response to her state, the first reaction of the most beautiful of women to the voice of her beloved, the behavior of the beloved in response to the most beautiful of women, and the second reaction of the most beautiful of women to the behavior of the beloved. In the previous services, we have already studied two moments and have been studying the third moment. In the third moment, in the elaborate version, we see the response of the most beautiful of women to the revelation of God that she received through the latch of the door in the dew and the drops. And we together have now understood that the latch of the door through which the beloved stretched his hand is, presented, is presenting yourself to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable for his wise service. And to offer yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, for the most beautiful of women, it was necessary to take off, her, off of herself the robe of the old man with his works and his deeds. I've taken off the robe of the old sinful man with his deeds collaborating my cross with the cross of Christ and do not desire to be dressed in him anymore because I have allowed my feet to be washed admitting my sins before the sons of my mother. 
I also wash their feet, forgiving their sins, and do not desire to defile my feet again by sinning against the sons of my mother. We noted that in Hebrew, the phrase, I have taken off the robe, means to tear off the skin from an animal while it is, while it is still alive. Therefore, the phrase, I have taken off the robe, means I have allowed my skin to be removed from myself, so that in my sufferings, I lose my former life. Normally, before an offering was laid upon the altar, they slaughtered or killed the animal. After that, they removed its skin and washed its legs and insides with water. In this situation, however, we're talking about such an offering whose skin is removed while it's still alive. Its legs and insides are washed with water, and in this form, the living sacrifice is laid upon the altar. In this manner, before a person is dressed into humbleness, which will allow him to, be, him to, re, uh, to receive the ability to admit his sins before the sons of his mother, as well as forgive the sins of the sons of his mother, sins that they have committed against him, it will be necessary for him to take off the robe of the sinful man. And to do this, it is necessary for him to collaborate his cross with the cross of Christ. And to prompt our memory how to collaborate our cross with the cross of Christ, where we receive or are presented with the ability to take off the robe of the sinful man so that we can present ourselves to the Lord as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God for His good service, we turn to the commandments, statutes, and instructions that explain within rightful boundaries our collaboration with the cross of Christ when we carry our cross. In a particular format, we have already looked at the essence of the cross of Christ and the essence of our cross and the difference between our cross and the cross of Christ, as well as based upon what principles is our cross called and able to collaborate with the cross of Christ or what price is necessary to be paid for the right to collaborate the cro uh, our cross with the cross of Christ. And I've been studying the next question, by what signs are we able to determine that our cross is truly collaborating with the cross of Christ and not its counterfeit? We note that the image of the cross of Christ is presented in the 12 stones that were placed at the bottom of the Jordan, identifying victory over death, as well as the 12 stones that were taken from the bottom of the Jordan, identifying victory victory over sin in the flesh. The image of our cross is presented in the twelve stones from which the altar of the Lord was constructed or built. By themselves, the twelve stones of the altar identify the goals or motives of the human heart, that is, the, the strive to know the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The living sacrifice that is presented upon this altar is the means that is used to reach the goal you have. The first living sacrifice that presented himself upon the altar, the altar in this case being the cross, is Christ himself that has opened to us with his living sacrifice the path to the inheritance contained in his precious blood. In the New Jerusalem, the image of the living sacrifice upon the altar of 12 stones are the 12 pearly gates that are the key to the inheritance of the blood of Christ presented in the New Jerusalem. In the tree of life that bears its fruit 12 times, bearing fruit each month, as well as the leaves of the tree for the healing of the nations. Therefore, to inherit the treasure that is contained in the blood of Christ, these being the fruits of the tree of life bearing its fruit 12 times, each month bearing its fruit. I want to remember that this is not when we go to heaven. In heaven, no one will need any healing. There will not be sicknesses there. Here it's written that the tree of life, uh, the leaves of the tree of life for the healing of the nations and the fruits for the Lord. 
It's Это here in our hearts. We need to grow such a tree and we need to become this new Jerusalem and grow it and bear every month our fruit. We in a particular format have studied the names of the 12 patriarchs written upon the pearly gates. These names identify the requirements based upon which we are called to collaborate with the cross of Christ when we carry our cross. 12 pearly gates is the unity of 12 virtues that the living sacrifice has presented herself as a living, as a sacrifice to God. Because the, if you remember that the uh, pearl is, this, uh, the result, is a result of the suffering of the clan. And so you need to fully identify yourself with the death of Jesus Christ. The 12 names of the tribes of Israel upon the 12 pearly gates is the unity of 12 principles placed into the foundation of carrying our cross with the cross of Christ. The signs of carrying our cross with the cross of Christ is called to become the result of resurrection that are identified in the inheritance of the blood of Christ in the image of the tree of life that yields its fruit 12 times bearing its fruit each month. We turn to specific signs and feasts that are called to be present and flow in our heart in the fruits of the tree of life, bearing fruit 12 months of the year that are to serve for us as evidence that we collaborate with the cross of Christ when we carry our cross. <coughs> Galatians 5.22-25 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no love, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.22-25 Based on this place of scripture, the fruit of the Spirit in the nine listed here is from one side evidence that we are Christ. From the other side, it is the result of the fact that we crucified our flesh with its passions and desires. And so the fruits of the Spirit is the expression of the love agape towards God and your neighbor. And such a fruit of love is, first of all, not emotions, not feelings, but responsibility that is in specific acts that discipline the emotions and lead these emotions after Faith is information, not emotions. And this information is, it has a responsibility and it leads these emotions after itself and never does anything or makes any conclusions based upon feelings. I feel this or that, or based upon what I feel, I'm making this conclusion. I feel that this person, there's something wrong with this person. If you don't have specific revelation who this person is, and rarely does God give us revelations about another person, he gives revelations about other people rarely and only to that person who's responsible for that person. If you're not responsible for that person, he will never give you a revelation about him or her. John 14, 15 through 21, If you love me, keep my commandments. And it, it says here, it's, if you love me, it's what you feel, but keep my commandments. To follow God's commandments, we need to know these commandments and how to follow them. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it, is neither, it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will 
разумеется, речь идет о Святом Духе. И, разумеется, сразу so все говорящие на них язык, And then he left. И потом он ушел. He он так never и не стал господином вашего жилища. You don't know anything about him. You have no relationship with him. You speak in tongues. It's a gift that he left you. It is your spirit that speaks. He gave your spirit the ability to speak with God. But he himself left because you were not a bride. You did not want to become the bride. You did not want to enter into the category of the chosen. You trampled upon the truth. You heard the truth and you understood it. And Suddenly you understood that those around you don't understand that truth that you do, you would bury the truth into the ground, and in this way you yourself have condemned yourself to death. God never lives in those people who bury their talent, bury the truth that God reveals. And a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will also live. At that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Following the commandments in which we need to yield fruits of the Spirit in the nine that we listed, will be testimony in our heart that we crucified our flesh with its lusts and desires and have become the sons of light. The love agape that we are called to express with when we fulfill the Lord's commandments is a selective love, which means that for one people it will be a deadly smell to death, and for another people it will be a fragrant smell to life. Therefore, revealing your love to God and your neighbor when you fulfill the Lord's commandments, we are revealing light in the Lord and are behaving as children of light, which means then that the nine listed fruits of the Spirit can reveal themselves in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Ephesians 5, 8-11 For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruits of the Spirit are in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Revealing in your heart the nine fruits of the Spirit is revealing virtue in your faith. And in virtue you reveal knowledge, and in knowledge you reveal self-control. А в воздержании терпения, в терпении благочестия, а в благочестии братолюбия. And further on, if you keep reading, then self-control is perseverance from perseverance to godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness and love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in knowledge of your Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 1, 5-8. Therefore, to present evidence that we crucified our flesh with the lusts and desires, collaborating our cross with the cross of Christ, we will be studying the image of the fruit of the Spirit in the signs of the feast that abide in our heart in the twelve months, which is the tree of life containing within itself the inheritance of the blood of Christ. We enter into the imperishable inheritance of treasure contained in the blood of Christ through the twelve pearly gates that contain in themselves twelve principles that testify of our collaboration carrying our cross with the cross of Christ. In the Old Testament, identifying the word new pointed to the image of the future that needs to be opened 
в котором человек получал оправдание по дару благодати, независимо А с другой стороны, определение слова Looking at the inheritance that is the blood of Christ, we by these given signs and these events in the new month, we need to identify the fruit that we are called to bring to God and by which we are to determine that we truly are collaborating our cross with the cross of Christ and not some kind of counterfeit. Exodus 13, 1-4 and 12-2. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast, it is mine. And Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. For my strength of the hand, by the strength of the hand, the Lord brought you out of this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten on this day you are going out in the month Abib. This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Firstly, we note that the first day of the month as well as the first day of the rest of the months of the year was noted as the Feast of the New Month. The celebration of the New Month talked about the ability to transform yourself by the renewing of your mind, that by the means then of this renewed mind we receive the ability to address ourselves into the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We first need to have this teaching of the truth and then use this teaching of truth confessing the faith of your heart. Bearing fruit every new month of the year is presenting yourself to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable for His good work. Romans 12:1-2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Romans 12:1-2. This is the celebration of renewance. Every month, every new month, it carries these things. The month of Eve differs from the other months of the year in that it contains an additional feast. This is the feast of the new year. With this, we can see that the new year, all over the face of the world, even today, it's celebrated differently as well as in different times. In the old Russia, it was celebrated on March 22nd, which pretty much well matched up to the Hebrew calendar of the new year. And so just as the Jews, God told them to celebrate, that's the same time they celebrated in the old Russia. But in the 312th year, Constantine, 
Emperor Constantine, Constantine I, I performed a work of calculation and implemented a new year that begins on September 23rd, the date of the birth of the first Roman Emperor Octavius Augustus. This new date was accepted in many Eastern lands and this included the old Russia. However, due to the persistence of the Orthodox Church hierarchy, the date of the new year was changed over to September 1st. So they not celebrate the, the birth date of the Emperor Augustus. And in the year 1699, Peter I commanded that the new year be January 1st, and it was done, as many other Christian countries already had it. Я не буду говорить об этом почему и что произошло с христианскими народами, что они перенесли праздник Нового года, который начинался в марте. And so this holiness of God means God's personal belonging, God's lot, the creation of God, the inheritance of God, the apple of God's eye, the selection or choice of God, and the firstborn of God. As it is written in James 1.18, of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we may be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. The selection or first fruit of God is the separation of the small flock from the multitude of the called into the category of the firstborn. Remembering the day you came out of Egypt, in the heart of a person is a sign of a circumcised heart and ear, evidence in our heart of the fact that we carry our cross and truly collaborate with the cross of Christ, because the circumcision of the heart and ear is not possible without the cross, specifically teaching about the cross circumcised the ear and heart. Secondly, being born from the seed of the word of truth, we also receive or accepted the seed of justification, we receive the seed upon the conditions of God's law of grace and grew it into the fruit of righteousness presenting within our heart the justice of God. The justice of God in the fruits of the tree of life that identifies the inheritance of the blood of Christ and is evidence that we are collaborating our cross with the cross of Christ when we carry our cross. Thirdly, in each new, new month, including the first month, the Sabbaths of the Lord were celebrated. All the feasts of the Lord, no matter what day they fell on within the week, were called the Sabbaths. They abided within the boundaries of the Sabbath and looked at it as the seventh day. Independent from what day it was, they still considered it as the seventh day, which identified or identifies the fullness of Christ. The Sabbath, we know, is the body of Christ, this is God's chosen remainder within the boundaries of which the kingdom of heaven abides, and within the boundaries of which all the feasts and are present and which in essence are the promises of God that are contained within the treasure of the inheritance of the blood of Christ. And to inherit this treasure, the chosen by God remainder can do this only in the tree of life, fruits of the tree of life grown within their heart from the seed of the kingdom of heaven. If we have within our heart an organic membership or part to God's chosen remainder and honor it as the Lord's Sabbath, we honor the, the church of the holy people with our presence, then this is the fruit of the tree of life and is evidence that we are collaborating our with the cross of Christ when we carry our cross. 
что мы сработаем в несении своего креста с крестом Христовым. Fourthly, in the evening of the 14th of Nisan, in the first month of the year, Pesach was celebrated that flowed into the Feast of Unleavened Bread that then continued from the 15th through the 21st day of this month. And so the components of the fruits of the Spirit, the fruits of the tree of life in the first month of Nisan, or Aviv, was worthy eating the lamb pesach, that is, that is the bread of purity and truth. 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8, do you not know that, the, that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, since you truly are in leaven, for indeed Christ on Pesach. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Following the requirements of Pesach, pretty much excluded you or disqualified you from the midst of Israel, at the same time following the requirements of Pesach, allowed you to collaborate with your cross with the cross of Christ. Exodus 12, 14 through 19. So this day shall be, you, uh, shall be for you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation, and on the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation for you. No matter of work shall be done on this day, but that, which, that one that doesn't shall be excluded from my people. And so two times it says here that the person who will not celebrate with the breads of purity and truth will be excluded from his people. The first and seventh day of the celebration, uh, we see here the holy convocations от нашей соработы в несении нашего креста с Христом Христовым. And we are to celebrate them, collaborating our cross with the cross of Christ. The holy convocation is a symbol of the body of Christ. It is the feast or celebration of the Lord. It is a gathering of hosts of the holy during a sacrifice. It is honoring the Lord's Sabbath. It is offering yourself as a living sacrifice. It is sanctification of your dedication. It is the collaboration of our faith with the faith of God. It is communication with God in worship. It is taking part in the communion, and it is abiding within the peace of God. Sharing the peace of God. Practically, these ten definitions we know are within the ten requirements of the celebration of Pesach that we are studying on Fridays. Fifth, the sixteenth of Nisan in the first month of the new year was done by bearing the first fruits to God or bringing the first fruits to God. Leviticus 23, 10-14 Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf on the day after the Sabbath. The priest shall wave it, and you shall offer on that day when you wave the, sh the sheaf a male lamb of the first year, without blemish as a burnt offering to the Lord. Its grain offering shall be two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, an offering made by fire to the Lord. For a sweet aroma and its and drink offering shall be of wine, one-fourth of a hen. You shall eat neither bread nor, nor parched grain nor fresh grain until the same day that you have brought an offering to, the, to your God. It shall be a statute forever throughout your 
с одной стороны, содержал в себе образ первородства. А с другой стороны, so, в этой первой весенней жатве содержался образ воскресения, который был well связан как с воскрешением Христа, так и с воскрешением Его невесты. То есть this это откровение, которое человек получал, что он будет восхищен. Это свидетельство, что он угодил Богу. Такое видение открыл мне Господь. Вот он создал саранчу в начале произрастания поздней травы. Uh, late crop. Поздняя Indeed, трава. it was the late crop after the king's mowings. And покоса. so it was. <coughs> In the ancient указ, world, there was such a command or requirement. The first gathering of the crops was the king's crop and everything else. And all of this, the entire gathering of the crop was for the kings, and the second growth was belonged to the people, but the first was for the king. And so he said that this was the beginning of the late crop. Indeed, it was the late crop after the king's mowings. Behold, he formed locusts swarms. And so it was when they had finished eating the grass of the land that I said, O Lord God, forgive, I pray, O that Jacob may stand, for he is small. He became afraid. This was the grass or the, 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 the crop after So the Lord relented concerning this, it shall not be, said the Lord. И пожалел Господь о том и сказал, не будет всего. Мы знаем, что это написано или сказано Христом. На того, когда царский покос пожать, это значит, что будет молите Господина жатвы. And then it says, pray for those days that he shortened those days. If he doesn't, no soul will be saved. And so we see that Prophet Amos already spoke of this uh, prayer before Christ. was accompanied by late uh, rains and the rising of the waters in Jordan. The rising of the Jordan symbolized a death uh, and activated Всегда подъем воды в Иордании, Иордан рассматривается в Писании прообразом смерти. И когда он разливался, а он разливался именно во время весенних дождей, когда вот начинали, начинали, 
signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourself also know. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and for knowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he would be held by them. And so the rising of the waters that tempt to withhold Christ and those who are in him back from dressing into resurrection. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in him in hope, for you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made me, know, made me to know the way of life and will make me full of joy in your presence. David experiencing this this resurrection, yet he rejoiced about it. It was already in his heart. He says, you will not let your child see this wilting or his body will not break apart. Seventh, in there were other, uh, the gathering of linen also, the gathering of linen, we're here talking about the gathering of God's redemption or the gathering of his people who are in redemption. Leviticus 16, 3-4 Thus Aaron shall come into the holy place with the blood of a young bull as a sin offering and of a ram as a burnt offering. He shall put the holy linen tunic and the linen trousers on his body. He shall be girded with a linen sash and with a linen turban he shall be attired. These are the holy garments, therefore he shall wash his body in water and put them on. From the seed, of course, you will not make this linen garments. You need <coughs> to become mature first in order to use it. <coughs> and so a priest, being a priest, when he would be dedicated to priesthood, he was obligated to bring specific offerings, wash his body, and first of all, he was to put on these tunics of fine linen to gird himself and put his... <coughs> turban on. This is how he was to enter and uh, be priest before God. Here is talking about righteousness that we receive. When we grow the seed of the kingdom of heaven into this fruit of the tree of life, then this first month of Nisan, this gives us the ability to be priest because the linen is a symbol of our ability to present the interests of God. When we enter into the temple, we don't enter to present our own interests. We enter, the <coughs> enter into the temple to present God's interests. And we say, Lord, we don't say, Lord, I'm sick, heal me. I don't have the right to say these things. I, when I enter in, I have to present his interests. My sickness I have to present as his will uh, for he the healing of my sickness because God's will is that we be healed. He placed our sicknesses upon Christ and when we enter and we say, Lord, 
fulfill your will and heal me. That is how a priest prays. They don't have the right to say, heal me, I just heal me. This is God's will. And we need to present our healing not as my need or what I, what I need from God, but what is necessary for God. God is in need of it, that I be healed. Бог нуждается в нашем Эта нужда очень Взять отдать сына своего не реализовать. Have this healing happen or work within the people. As if his son's death was in vain. If we have this linen, we will enter in every time and say, Lord, fulfill your will. I know it is your will to heal me. I know it is your will to heal my neighbor. That is how we can be priests, and this is the fruit of the first month that the tree of life brings in us. Now let's Теперь turn to the first, or месяцу. the second month. The fruits of the Spirit presented in the fruit of the tree of life was called Ziv-Ol-Ziv-Ol-Ziv-Ol-Ziv-Ol-Ziv-Ol-Ziv-Ol-Ziv-Ol-Ziv-Ol-Ziv-Ol-Ziv-Ol-Ziv-Ol-
чтобы приносить духовные жертвы, благоприятные Богу и Иисусом Христом. Ибо сказано в Писании, вот я полагаю, чтобы отвергнуть, надо знать, кого reject, вы отвергаете. И они его отвергли, как притыкание, не покоряя Слову, на что они и оставлены. Но вы род избранный, обратите внимание, вот эти владельцы, которые возлюбите как младенцы, это не значит, что вы бланденцы, это вы должны возлюбить словесное молоко, как его любят младенцы, это не значит, что вы младенцы. И вот он говорит, что вы драгоценные камни, вы люди, взятые в удел, если вы возлюбили словесное молоко, как младенцы, дабы возвещать совершенство призвавшего вас из чудесной некогда не народ, а ныне народ Божий, некогда не помилованный, а ныне помилованный. Зачем я взял такой длинный то есть well также в Субботническом, Баптистском, то есть в Малаканском, вот эти четыре конфессии other, как бы были моим естеством. Я, I, я в них я в них жил. И здесь говорится, что всегда это толкование было, насколько я помню, что это молоко, это младенчество. Здесь говорится якобы младенчество. Однако в данном месте говорится не о состоянии младенчества, о свойстве младенца, которым они могут обладать. И вот, то есть только обладать этим свойством могут исключительно те святые, которые оставили младенца, младенчество. То есть свойства могут обладать только те святые, которые оставили младенчество. Чтобы начать устроение самого себя в дом духовный, необходимо два условия, которые подтверждаются свойством младенца, которым обладают святые, обреченные достоинством ученика Христова. Христос назвал учеников младенцами. Благодарю тебя, Отче. И Он назвал их младенцами, что ты это младенцем. Because they have this quality of a child to receive the word of God as a child. A child just takes and accepts. The Pharisees in their time they did not come with the quality of a child. They came as inspectors and come to the church and say, "This is wrong. This is right." Children don't have this. They just hunger for food. And because this, a child hungers, God gives to one who hungers. And says, love the milk of the word. That means don't be children, but love it as a child. The word of God. And so to be able to build, begin building ourselves into a royal house, or a royal это свойство младенца, которым обладают святые, обреченные в достоинстве ученика Христова, которое дает им право и власть right не только называться, но и быть сынами Божьими. Первое условие, которое присутствует у святых, обладающих свойством младенца, и отсутствует у святых, находящихся в категории младенчества, это основание в лице камня краеугольного, избранного и драгоценного. Люди, находящиеся в младенчестве, у них отсутствует основание, потому что они видят все сквозь благодательное. Они не могут строить на том, чего они не соображают. Потому что, ну, 
Гадатель, но не гадает пальцем в небо. А ну вот как, знаете, учили в то время. So вот возьми, открой Библию, вот куда вот что откроется, то и читает, это значит Господь нужно помолись. Не слышишь, как тебе Бог отвечает? Открой и пальцем. Вот это ответ на твою нужду. И так очень многие пользовались в мое время. То есть потому что сквозь тусклое стекло гадатель. Поэтому первое условие, которое обладают святые со свойством младенцем, и которое отсутствует у святых, находящихся в категории of the level of spiritual childhood is the foundation which is the cornerstone that is chosen and precious. The second condition that is present in those who have the quality of a, star, uh, of a child Младенчество – это свойство и качество драгоценного камня, отвечающего требованиям камня краеугольного. Это свойство, чтобы они сами были камнями драгоценными. А младенец, so child, то есть младенец, не может быть драгоценным камнем. You can't Его take him to, and use him for building. Remember in the Psalms of Psalm, what will we do with our sister when they will ask her? What will we do with her because she is not yet fully matured? And then another voice says, but I am a wall and my breast like towers. A wall is a symbol of perfection. If she would have been a wall about this younger sister, then we would have built upon her tents of silver. And we would have overlaid her with cedar. But she says, I am this way, I have uh, reached this Поэтому нам раз и навсегда святые But I, I say, look at who this us is, examine whether it is really you. This is to those who are the precious stones. These are those who have the quality of a child, but not in the category of spiritual childhood. There's a big difference. Precious stones that have the quality of a child have within themselves the measurements of the temple and the boundaries of which they built themselves or in accordance to which they built themselves. So accept this word as a child and build yourself. В долине храма в 60 локтей это плод освященного жертвенника, на котором можно приносить самого себя в жертву живую Number 788, and all the offering for the sacrifice of peace offerings were 24 bulls. The ram 60, the male goat 60, and the lambs in their first year 60. This was the dedication offering for the altar after it was anointed. 
Теперь, когда жертвенник был помазан, и его освящали, пресвящения были принесены 60-60-60. So Значит, мы видим, что речь идет-то вот из этого устроения, когда человек приносит самому себя, если она содрала с себя кожу и возложила себя живой на жертвенник, как Христос это сделал. Ведь когда Христос возлагал себя, Он знал, какие размеры и что Он созидает в самом себе. Если бы Он не знал, что созидает, то Его жертва была бы напрасной. Если мы приносим себя в жертву живую святую, но не знаем размеров храма, что мы должны созидать, это напрасно. Мы должны знать этот образ, и здесь имеется в виду освящение жертвенника. Нужно осветить цели. Освящение жертвенника — это цели и мотивы. То есть мы хотим это делать зачем? Какие цели и мотивы мы преследуем? хотим проповедовать, хотим делать то или другое, хотим получить исцеление. А какие мотивы мы преследуем? Мы преследуем свою волю, мы преследуем известность, мы преследуем свободный образ жизни. Вот, не обременены долгами, мы хотим быть свободны от духа нищеты, потому что эти же люди проповедуют, если у вас есть долги, если вы не связываете концы с концами, это говорит о том, что вы одержимы духом нищеты, а вот мы не одержимы духом нищеты. А вот многие святые, видимо, были одержимы духом нищеты, потому что написано «скитались в мелотях, терпя злобление, недостатки». Вот, наверное, не все были одержимы духом нищеты. И только сегодня вот это лжехаризматическое движение наконец освободилось от духа нищеты. И еще кое-чего от всех норм морали освободилось. Стали толерантны ко всем, ко всему. Снисходить ко всему, но только не снисходить к праведникам. к беззаконникам, но ни за праведнику, который истину в сердце своем. Поэтому In length of the temple is actually the fruit of the sanctification of our goals and our motives. What we strive, what we bend our knees, what do we intend when we give our tithes to God? If we just honor God and express our love before Him, if we are just worshiping in this. We then experience joy. We don't look that God will open the windows and pour out riches upon ourselves. In Him, He is our wealth. In Him, we have everything. David said that God's word is better than any purified gold. Не знаете ли, пишет апостол, не бедный клинер говорит, Яков, Бог соделал богатыми верой. А вы посмотрите, как относитесь к бедным, называете, что они связаны с духом нищеты. Это вы связаны с невежеством и гордыней, духом вот этого мамоны. А они как раз освобождены от этого духа, если они будут чем бедными, счастливыми, потому что они знают Господа, и знают, куда они идут, и знают, что надо делать, и когда делать, и какое время. Поэтому вот образ плода, принесенный во второй месяц, вот в то есть в длине храма это освящение мотивов, освящение жертвенника после его посвящения. Далее. Образ плода, который приносит дерево жизни во второй месяц священного года в ширине храма, в 20 локтей, это плод в лице живой жертвы, которая представила себя во Христе Иисусе при освящении жертвенника после помазания Его. Если 60, это было освящение жертвенника, то 20, как здесь говорится, то есть ширина Его 20, 
то это образ жертвы или же размер жертвы, как мы должны Павел говорит, если вы так делаете, даете сожжение, вы не имеете You can give можно дать тело на сожжение и не иметь любви Можно говорить на язык, как можно практиковать дары Духа Святого и не Если вы имеете любовь вы должны позволить содрать И вот здесь как раз это сдирание кожи. То есть, когда человек умирает для своего народа, для своего дома и для своих желаний. И это представлено вот в ширине 20 локтей. Исход 30, 11, 16. И сказал Господь Моисею, говоря, когда будешь делать счастливые сыновья когда их будут пересматривать и взвешивать их качество при пересмотре то пусть каждый даст свою и не будет между ними язвы губительной при исчислениях. This is what everyone among those are numbered shall give half a shekel according to the shekel of the sanctuary. A shekel is 20 giras. The half shekel shall be an offering to the Lord. Everyone including among those who are numbered from 20 years older, years old and above, shall give an offering to the Lord. The rich shall not give more and the poor shall not give less than half a shekel. When you have given offering to the Lord to make atonement for yourself, and you shall take the atonement money of the children of Israel and shall appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of meeting, that it may be a memorial to the children of Israel before the Lord. And so it will be a remembrance before the Lord. When this offering is brought, it is a remembrance before the Lord. The Lord honors such an offering. To be an offering with such a quality that will be acceptable before God. Образ плода, который приносит дерево жизни священного года в высоте храма, в 30 локтей, это плод, в котором человек посвящал себя священнику работать Let us remember that we so that we can see in the 60, 20, and 30 the numbers where the Lord shows. First, the altar itself is sanctified. Then the offer itself is sanctified, and then it is brought before God, this living sacrifice. Right now, we are going to bend our knees and pray, and all of those who desire to become a living sacrifice for the Lord. So that these вот measurements, you would be in accordance to those measurements, the measurements of the temple то, that we today heard. Услышали, in what way the fruit that we need to bear to God, 
are linked to these feasts, how we need to grow in ourselves these feasts in which the Lord will do something for us. God is always rejoicing when he sees he's doing something for us, that we have become these things. Let us bend our knees and everyone who desires to go against any dependence they have in themselves, any anything, whatever it may be. God is on your side. God can deliver you, can heal you if you will enter in with the linen garment and say, Lord, may your will be done. Heal me. Amen. I'm going to be praying your prayer and I ask you to continue to believe God is on your side. He loves you. He wants to make for you what you just heard. He desires to heal not just your heart but your body as well. He wants to break the shackles of sickness, sin and dependence. He is for you and he is strong enough to do it. Continue to hope and trust in that. Lift your hands to God. Close your eyes as a symbol of a secret room and pray together with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you and I thank you for the shed blood due to which I would be able to stand before you. You took my sickness. You took my sin. You took my fear. And I thank you for that. I open up my heart. I accept your justification, your healing. This is your will. May your will be done in my life. May healing come in accordance to your will and may it restore me in resurrection, the resurrection of your Son. I want to right now, before heaven and hell, proclaim that in accordance to your words, I am washed, I am cleansed, I am healed, I am restored, and I am saved. Amen. Amen. Your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May he look upon you with a shining face and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they will not touch you. May all these blessings come upon you and be fulfilled upon you. And the nation shall say, Amen. And now all of us together, let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.